This is a PSA. If you hear drilling noises, just ignore it. What a feed. Try to get stick on stick, limit those assisting plays. Passes off. There's the cut and a goal. Absolutely mind-blowing. Terrific save. She takes it and scores. They don't make excuses. They keep believing. And the woman up, they get the extra possession out of the false start. And there it is. A flamethrower from the stick. Hey! Hello! Welcome back to Chicks with Sticks. I am Delaney. And I'm Ash. Yay! Folks, we are back and better than ever. Damn toot, or damn tootin'. I was gonna say, I was gonna say damn right, and then I was gonna say darn tootin', and it just got mixed up in my head. It's been a while. Um, how are you? Um, other than the fact that for the, let's see, the two coldest weeks of um november i didn't have heat um the window won't close in my room so even though i now do have heat it doesn't matter um because it's always open um i don't have wi-fi in my room and no matter how many times i ask them they don't do anything about it and there is drilling and construction constantly in this building so wow so sounds like a great time (laughs) um yeah so if you're wondering why i travel so much that's why yeah no um it's just it's yeah the construction is actually the worst part i think and my window not closing so that's yeah um yeah please excuse we're gonna try and edit out as much drilling as possible but please excuse any of the noises if it happens when either of us are talking i hope it's i hope we make it work one way or another but yeah yeah, yes, definitely. Um, do you want to just quick catch us up on all your travels? <laughs> yeah, so Ash and I are still six hours apart, but things are slowing down a little bit for me here. Um, I am officially, well, when this comes out, I'll be less than a month away from coming back to the States. But right now it is December 5th and I am exactly one month away from my grand return to the home of the free land of the brave um or is it land of the brave it's land of the free home of the brave home of the brave wow um time to go back i guess because i don't even catch up a little bit (laughs) i can't i can't remember anymore um no let's see okay i can't remember so i maybe the last time i talked to everyone I had just come back from London, which is funny because I am going to London again on Wednesday, um, tomorrow. And I went to London with our very good friend, Allie. We had a really great time. After London, I then was touring around Ireland for a week. Um, I did Dublin. Howth, Galway, Cliffs of Moore. We went to Dunleary. I saw a couple of my friends that live there. Um, That was really cool. I haven't seen them in like five years. And I also have, there's an Irish girl on my floor that I have become wonderful friends with. And she gave us a bunch of recommendations. So that is great. Um, And then after Ireland, I went to Berlin that was really cool. I saw another friend in Berlin, um, which was really great. I'd forget that I have international friends sometimes. And then I'm like, I saw another friend. And then um, another one of our friends from Wilkes 
Loren, she is working over here for a little while. And um, we met in Poland, uh, Krakow specifically. Um, in case you guys don't know, my family is Polish. So that was, I mean, we're not like super Polish, but like that's where our ancestors are from. And Polish enough that when I was helping Delaney's father move her out, when we were on our way to the Salvation Army, um, we would listen to polka music in the car. So I feel like that's more more, more Polish than most. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure why my father decided that was his, his pick, but iconic story, so funny. And yes, we are Polish. Um, so that was on my like must-see of countries while I was here and I went to Krakow which is the old capital um the capital is now Warsaw um but yeah Krakow is definitely like prettier it very much reminded me of New England um incredible history if you're a history buff and by incredible I mean really sad but um interesting um very the architecture is amazing because it is one of the few places that wasn't bombed during World War II um so pretty neat after Poland I took a week off and then was back with Loren and we were in France this time where I flew into Lyon um she came with a bunch of her like friends from around um we all went to Annecy um we also got to see Chambéry and we also went to Mount Blanc to see the French Alps while we were there that was that was one of my favorite trips so far um yeah absolutely amazing I'm really glad that I did that I the mountains were crazy like I don't know it was very much one of like paintings come to real life and I was just floored in every way imaginable so that was really cool. And yeah, tomorrow I go back to London. Um, Fiona and I are going and staying with some of her family that lives there, which is amazing. And like, obviously she invited me and I wasn't going to pass that up because free housing. So sick. And London in Christmas time will be phenomenal. I'm going to watch the holiday tonight, I think. So oh, great movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's great. That's I I can't even fathom how tired you must be. <laughs> it is like the the way I am just a sim when I am like doing the actual traveling part of traveling is so funny. I'm like, "Oh my god, I need to just get through this airport, get on this plane." And the worst is when the worst part is like usually I sleep on the planes. Mm -hmm. Um Usually I sleep all the way through. I just knock right out. Um, but it is awful. It's like when I wake up and then there's like an hour left and I can't go back to sleep. And then it's like I get to the airport and I'm like, I, I'm like, please, I need to come home. The worst travel home thus far geez, was I was on my way back from Krakow and I had a late night flight anyways, which I wanted. Well, also, here's the thing. Traveling to Poland is kind of hard. And so, like, they only do direct flights every, like, three days. And there, it's, it's like, one time. And that's it. One time. Wow. And so, it's, like, a, a late night flight already. It then gets delayed for an hour and a half. 
And like, you know, once your flight gets delayed at one point, you're like, oh my God, is it just going to get canceled? Scary. Luckily, there were um, a few other kids from my school there that happened to be in Poland at the same time and we didn't realize until later. Anyways, whatever. We're all in this together, which was nice because our flight already wasn't getting back into Madrid until 2 a.m. So now it's an hour and a half later. We all have a test the next day, mind you. Um, <laughs> so we were like, oh, because now we're not getting back until Madrid until like 4 30 and then by the time we get an uber and get home it's like five we all i didn't have a morning class i just had the test it in the afternoon but they all had the morning class part and i was like oh that sucks so that was definitely like the one where i was like oh my god get me back to madrid right now yeah but knock on wood other than that everything has gone pretty seamlessly that's great i mean you know, one bad experience out of 75 flights isn't too bad. <laughs> Literally. Bus, club, train, airplane, club, hostel, Airbnb, train. Um, How many, do you know how many flights you've taken? Um, Not off the top of my head, okay. unfortunately. Yeah. Fine. I can calculate that for a later date. Okay, great. Yeah. Um. Well, that's what have you been up to? Nothing that exciting. Well, <laughs> well, who is? <laughs> um, uh, I have. Um, it's pretty much the same as last time. I am still working all the time. Um, I am in school still. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, we're still doing fall ball practices, which isn't. I mean, it's. I guess it's still fall, but I think the head coach plans on having us just do like once, once or twice a week, just like until yeah. the season starts, um, whether that be practice or lifting. I think we're starting lifting this week. Unfortunately, I can't go to a lot of the practices because I work until like 645 every day. So, That's- yeah. So sometimes they're at seven, but it just kind of depends on like what time the other teams are using the field and whatever. So, um, but then, I mean, sometimes they're on Sundays and I can go to those if I don't work my other seven jobs. Um, but, uh, literally literally your other seven jobs, literally. Yeah. Like once the season starts, I'm adjusting my work schedule so that I can go to practices, which is good. Um, but I just told my boss that until then I would work this, these hours because like they need people for it. Um, but Fortunately, work has been getting like, I think in the beginning, I was a little bit nervous because I didn't totally love what I was doing. Um, But like what I'm doing right now is not like what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. Like I'm going to school to like be in a higher position than I am right now. And like I've kind of gotten a little bit of a taste of what that's like. They've been giving me more responsibility and like I can do more data collection and graphing and um treatment planning and stuff like that which is what I want to do and I really enjoy doing that so I think like I can see the light at the end of the tunnel which is great um and actually tonight we have we have like monthly meetings with like the people who are in school to be a BCBA um and one we have one tonight and we just kind of like talk about questions we have or like um treatment planning and research and stuff like that which is really cool amazingly love 
every single one of my coworkers, which is great. Um, I know that is a miracle unknown. I know, I know. Like for my, like for our day, especially our day groups, like the night, the night groups are like a little bit different because it's like a lot of different people that I don't really know that well, and it's not we don't always implement the same interventions and we have a lot of different ideas and philosophies. So that's kind of hard, but like the day groups, we pretty much are all functioning on the same level and have the, basically the same level of agreements on like treatment plans and stuff like that. So that's great. And I think that we're all pretty fluid and I work with mostly women, which is, I think, helpful. <laughs> um, so, love, love, love. Yeah. And like my bosses are like, like they've created the program that I work for like mm-hmm. so that people could go to school to be a BCBA to get really cool yeah so it's a I think it's a pretty for overall for the other work environments I've been in it's it's pretty good and I think that everyone's sure. trying to help each other which is great um That's- yeah and in lacrosse news all of our I guess not all of them but most of our players are field hockey players and we didn't have them for a while. So like okay. we would have like three to seven people at practice and like seven was like a good day. So, so like, Love that. yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is crazy. Where are we going? I was scared. But yeah. now that we have most of our players back, it's, we look really good. Um, I don't know if I said this last time. I feel like I can't remember the last time we recorded, but um, we had like a little, um tournament thing and um we beat Nazareth which is um like a team that the school I coach for has never beaten before in any capacity JV varsity tournament anything at all that's Um, huge yeah it's super huge and like I know that it's just a tournament but like it was gigantic so like it was just it was that was super cool and the girls were super excited and like the general consensus that I've gotten from the girls is that they like our coaching staff and our coaching style and mm-hmm. stuff like that so that's really good and so I'm really excited about this season and like what's gonna good. happen um also our the head coach used to work for Nazareth and they kind of screwed him over so I think it was it was good for him too to. yeah um so it was just I it was a good experience and I'm I'm super happy about like like one of the girls came up to me and was like we have never like it took us like three quarters of the season to play like a team like we did in the tournament today so like like and we lost we lost the first game and like we probably could have won it but like it was our first time playing in like a competition setting and uh, she was like I know we didn't win that but like it felt good like I we felt like we were playing as a team and like, yeah, there's a little thing, a couple things that we need to like work on and whatever. But she was like, I felt like we were playing as a team and I felt like we were encouraging each other and not like knocking each other down. She was like, and we did not do that last year. So that's really awesome. And I'm happy for that. Nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's huge. It is. It is. So I think it'll be a good season and I'm excited. I'm really excited for you. And the semester's almost over, which is great. Um, yeah uh it's not I'm not struggling as much as I was last semester like I felt like last semester I was like losing my mind um mm-hmm. and I, I like I don't want to be like oh because it's grad school and like it's an adjustment because I feel like my undergrad was harder but like 
I am working full time. So I guess it's my, yeah, I think, I think you have more things on your plate now. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a lot of like, no offense. Well, not, I didn't mean offense to you, but like, it's a very much business major discussion posts and stuff like that a lot. I mean, like I'm writing a lot of papers and stuff, which I I hate doing. (laughs) Um, like I'm more of a, I really, this is, that's why I want to be a BCBA. Like I want to do the research and I want to collect data and stuff like that. I don't want to write. I don't want to write research. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I so, know. yeah. But, um, so I'm almost done with this semester. And then after, like I, after this semester, I have a year left, which I mean, I've only done two semesters, but it's kind of crazy that I only have like six more classes after this. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think everything is going in a good direction. I think I feel like things are like kind of finally leveling out, which is good. I was definitely like on edge for a little bit, just kind of adjusting to all the new things. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do feel like I'm in a more steady place now, which is great. Yay. That's huge. I think just, yeah. I mean, whatever kind of grad school program you're in, I think it is going to be harder either content wise or just balancing your life and time management wise, because a lot of people in grad school programs are working at least part-time in whatever capacity that is, whether you are a graduate assistant or a research assistant, or maybe also balancing that with a literal like part-time job, like waitressing, whatever. Like I think that is a huge adjustment. And I think a lot of times content wise, grad school is more difficult. So yeah, I definitely felt that panic, like obviously my first semester of law school, but yeah, definitely like even the difference between first semester and second semester, I was just like, okay, I've done this before and I did well and it's okay. And I can handle everything that's on my plate. Right. Exactly. Since we're back, there is a lot that happened in the lacrosse world when we were taking our short little hiatus there. And in the next couple episodes, we're just going to fill you in on what all of the announcements are. Yeah. So today I will be talking about one of the biggest announcements. Well, maybe not biggest announcements. I would argue that there's another one that's a bigger announcement, but whatever. One of the one of the announcements, Street Lacrosse, which occurred and launched this past September. So I'm gonna just like preface this with some maybe I would I would say are well-known things, but yeah. Okay. So I would say that one of the biggest issues with the spread and popularity of lacrosse is the socioeconomic barriers that the sport um has. So basically, I would just say, like, I think that it's pretty common for lacrosse to be viewed as like a country club or like white man's sport, which is ironic because obviously we can we have the Native Americans to thank for this sport and they have been playing it longer than any of us have had lacrosse fields or the country clubs have even imagined existing um so it is it is a little ironic but yeah there definitely are major socioeconomic barriers that playing the sport um at a higher league today or even um in high school have presented over time so just to like give a little breakdown on this or actually i i want to get your thoughts on that first would you agree um, oh at 100 lacrosse is like the preppiest sport 
I mean, yeah, other I, than like, like, I don't know, tennis maybe, but like tennis, lacrosse, hockey. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, look, I mean, yeah, kind of hockey, but I feel like it's, it's definitely different. Like lacrosse guys are seeing, I mean, I guess girls too, but like, I feel like the, the stereotype is like white lacrosse guys that are like preppy and like Fine. wear yeah. fairies or like dockers or something like that. Like they're just, which is crazy because they're gross most of the time. <laughs> I know. Yeah, um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree that like, like the cross equipment is expensive, so it's like a, it's like a rich person sport. And, and don't worry, we're gonna get into just how expensive it really is. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely, um, yeah. When Claudia's brother started playing lacrosse like last year just on a whim she was like, yeah, my dad bought him like six hundred dollars worth of equipment and never bought me a single thing for hockey. <laughs> yeah, so. I definitely, yeah. I definitely agree with that. And I think that socioeconomic barriers are like a huge, a huge thing in, in the sport of lacrosse. Right. Um, so yeah, we're actually, we're going to talk about just exactly how much it costs to start lacrosse. So as Ashley just mentioned, um, wow, I never call you Ashley. That's so weird. That is so weird. You said it. I was kind of like, huh? Who? I was, I'm like, as Ash just mentioned, the equipment is really expensive. So I'm going to do a breakdown of both women's and men's, um, because of men's pads, it's going to be like way more expensive than women's, even though women's can still even be expensive. Also disclaimer, um, I'm not taking into account goalies. Sorry. I know, but I'm just as a field player. So for Women's lacrosse sticks can really, I mean, at least new sticks. Um, also, this can differ if you're using um, used equipment, whatever, you know, doesn't matter. Okay. Um, sticks can be anywhere, I would say, from like $150 to $300. And also just keep in mind that this obviously differs on brand and stringing um, and your position on the field. Um, I think it's also important to keep in mind that if you are a girl who is um, going to be doing the draw, it's not uncommon for you to have two sticks because you're going to have a different stick for the draw than you do maybe when you're just like playing attack on the field. You can see this in games. A lot of times they switch out the sticks after the draw at some point. Yeah, I so, think yeah. that's I think that's comparable for like a Fogo stick too. I mean, I know sometimes Fogos like leave the field, but I think sometimes yeah. they do switch six also. Yeah, I agree. Um and then yeah, so 150 to 300 for the women's stick. Um goggles are about 50, women's helmets are about 100. Um if I know those are growing in popularity, so I wanted to put those in there too. Our mouth guards are like 10 to $20. And then you also have to include cleats in here that are 75 to 200. Um, this is not including if you also get turfs, which today is not uncommon because for tournaments, you can absolutely be on grass, but you don't want to wear your turfs for you want your cleats, but then you absolutely, you don't want to wear. Yeah. You're understanding what I'm saying. Yeah. And there's um, some, a lot of times for like tournament fields, they like don't allow you to wear cleats. Like you have to wear turfs. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is, I would say a conservative, um, conservative, conservative numbers here, but 
some quick math that I did earlier was that at the minimum, if you're like really cutting corners here, maybe, um, I would say $285 to $620 just for equipment alone. Um, and yeah, just reminder, those are loose and that's for women's lacrosse men's. Um, so sticks are about the same. Obviously they vary on, um, based on position, just like we said earlier, same thing with the Fogo sticks, um, 150, to 300. Also, this is going to vary for men's more so on position because the defensive poles are significantly longer than, you know, midi attack, whatnot. Um, and then you also have to take into account that men have helmets and pads. So helmets can be anywhere from like 100 to $350. Also mind you that like, depending on the team that you're in or you're playing for, like they might require a specific helmet or type of helmet or designs to be put on that. Like obviously when you're at the higher levels, they're probably going to pay for that. Like if you're playing for a school, but like when you're first starting out, you're going to have to fit that bill. Um, and then I did do a breakdown specifically of all the different pads, but then I also asked one of our guy friends, shout out Lascalzo, um, for an estimate on pads in general. So I'm just going to give that, um, he said when you're first starting out, it can be anywhere from 500 to $600 for all of the pads. That's like gloves. Um, and he, I specifically asked him without the helmet. So that's like your, your gloves, your shoulder pad slash chest pad thing. Like, I don't even know. I'm like arm pads. I can't, like, I can't think of everything that they wear. Yeah, they definitely wear. I think a lot of times, I think, I don't know if they have to, but I know a lot of times they wear like elbow pads. And then yeah. it's not like a, it's not like a full chest protector. It's kind of like a half thing. Yeah. Like, it's like a like heart guard kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but then also just to run the numbers of what I found online, shoulders slash chest pads seem to be anywhere from 80 to 200 gloves alone, 50 to 200 arm pads, 80 to 150 mouth guards again, 10 to 20. And so my math on that was at the low range, 620 at the high range, $1,220. Okay. So this is for equipment. That is equipment. This does not include the actual price of getting on a team. Now, obviously, if you're playing the lower levels in your communities, um, like rec leagues and things or town teams are going to be a lot less expensive than a club team or whatnot. So I'm you, you'd likely play on those. Um, and if you're not just playing on those, you're like to actually get better at the sport and like break into possibly playing at college at the college league and beyond, you're also going to want to join a club or a travel team. The average price for these teams can range anywhere between 2K and 5K. And that is just for, that's like a year long, you're with this team um, that you likely have to try out for. And that covers your tournaments um, and probably like your first package of gear for them, like the penny and whatnot. Not any extra apparel, I'm sure. Um, and it's just, yeah. And it's also important to keep in mind that all of these costs and even those just the club team costs, they don't include like travel for parents, hotel rooms, gas, like et cetera, food on these travel weekends that you're possibly driving like six hours for sometimes. And that's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it's kind of bonkers on how much 
we spend to play lacrosse. I know. It's very obvious that there are lots of barriers into playing that sport. Um, And that impacts how much it is able to grow across the nation and worldwide. And this is something that Paul Rabel, who is the co-founder of the PLL, as well as the president, in case you didn't know, has been very aware of for a long time. Um, He talks about how, in addition to all of these other barriers, it's very hard to also just, like, play a game of pickup lacrosse. Like, you don't really see, like, pickup lacrosse. You maybe see, like, fiddlesticks, um, but even that is pretty rare. Like, maybe you'll see it on the beach, um, but it's not like you're in the city and it's not like a basketball court. Like, there's basketball courts everywhere. There's even tennis courts in a lot of places. Like, it's harder to have like a whole across field, the goals, all of that, blah, 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 whatnot. And he was very aware of this. So the street lacrosse project actually started 10 years ago when he really started thinking about it. He wanted. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was 10 years ago. And he, this is when he just really started thinking about how the sport needs to grow and how um, you should be able to like pick up like a little, like a fiddle stick or a small stick, whatever it is, play with any ball anywhere, make whatever the goal, like just, it doesn't have to be as like strict. Like we all, we like the goal was kind of for him to just like make it, make it more accessible, make it something that like, we don't have to have all this stuff to play. So obviously, you know, a huge thing is the equipment because we use rubber balls. So in street lacrosse, the preferred ball is a tennis ball instead. Um, And yeah. And on September 8th, the PLL. My birthday. um, Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) So Ash's birthday this year. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to her. Happy belated. Um, on her birthday, the PLL hosted its first ever street lacrosse open run in New York City um, at the Lower East Side Playground, and it, which is part of the um, Build It and They Will Ball initiative by Kevin Durant. They like kind of paired up with him and they used this court, whatever, um, and they had players from both the PLL and athletes unlimited they had them come and play with tennis balls um just like whatever sticks fiddle stick kind of things and they just played and they made like goals like out of tape and cones and everything and very casual very chill no pads didn't need to because it's a tennis ball and like kind of a round robin tournament situation and yeah it was really successful and there were people of all ages there who got to play obviously like they promoted it with the professional players, but yeah, it was really, really cool. And they're hoping that this kicks off. I think they're planning on doing more. I haven't seen any more yet. Um, but yeah, I think this was the first one and they're hoping to promote this all over. And it also, you know what it kind of reminded me of? Trilax. Doesn't it? Yeah, it really I did. I mean, the whole time you're talking. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we've talked to our listeners about Trilax. Um, Trilax is a like lacrosse like sub game almost. Yeah. Like, 
that was created by the head men's lacrosse coach at Wilkes, Curtis Jacks. Um, I think, I feel like he had a partner in it maybe, but maybe not. Okay. So there are three poles that are made out of just plastic PVC pipe. They have wooden bases and at the top of each of them sits a rubber lacrosse ball that is balanced and they are put in a triangle. Yeah. At each quote unquote court. Yes. (laughs) So basically like you play like a a short, like small pickup game with like a smaller amount of people and you try to knock the balls off the stick. And it's like a different amount of points if you hit the like directly at the ball or like the pipe or like the base. Um, I can't remember exactly the points, but it's just like a a just like a smaller version of the game of lacrosse to like work on accuracy, but also work on like short, short game and teamwork and stuff like that. Um, so it's just like a really cool thing that he came up with. Yeah. And I think um, it also, it ties in the idea of making lacrosse a little bit more accessible because it's just played with fiddle sticks. You don't have to have your real sticks. In fact, I think the fiddle sticks just make it, I mean, for girls, it makes it harder because we don't play with those all the time. So I remember we would always go and play and I'd be like, oh, my God, where's the ball going to go when I throw it Right. Um, at first when we started? So, yeah. And I think that also ties in the idea of making it more of a pickup thing that you can play. And I think that goal is really great because I definitely agree. Um, I mean, obviously, with the higher level sports at any league or level it's going to be more expensive but i think really even just beginning to play when you're young has so many social socioeconomic barriers like uh, you do not see lacrosse commonly um i mean maybe this is a stereotype but i do not feel like inner city high schools really have lacrosse and it's still not something that is typically played you're not going to go to a school and be like, oh, of course they have that. Like, it's still not that level, but like pretty much everywhere, like you always have basketball, you always have soccer, you even like always have football and baseball, but just like still, even in 2023, we don't always have lacrosse. And I think it's because of those. And I think this is a great way to just like spread the sport in other ways as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think I'm very like privileged in thinking that all schools have lacrosse like I feel like even still I'm like oh they don't have a lacrosse team yet but it's definitely like especially in my area and probably in your area like in like New York it's a lot more it's a lot more popular so it's like harder to yeah break into but like but it's harder to like join a league or whatever because it's so popular so it's like it's it's almost like it's I don't know, but I definitely yeah. agree that it's like, it's harder to get into and it's harder to, to start it, especially at like a, in like inner city levels. I def I definitely agree with that. And it's definitely, I mean, obviously once you have the basic skills, like it's a sport that you can practice on your own and in any sport, like, of course you can have like a, a personal coach, like a one-on-one, but I feel like in sports like hockey or tennis or lacrosse like it's so much more common for people who want their kids to improve more like you need to do a travel team you need to have the one-on-ones you need to have like higher up or like more experienced coaches that cost more money because you need like specific techniques that are and I mean 
this is coming out wrong because for any sport that's needed. But I feel like practicing when you are a kid to get to a higher level is more difficult to do solo, especially if your parent didn't have any experience in the sport, which requires more money to get those one-on-ones so that you can perfect that technique. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, I don't know. I definitely, I definitely think it does. Um, I, I like, I just, I don't, maybe I, I agree. Maybe this is ignorant, but it just, to me, like a lot of sports, I mean, like for like softball, baseball, like you have like pitching lessons or whatever, but like, like you don't, you don't really have like, like one-on-one lessons for like basketball or like football. And like, maybe you do, I don't know, but it's not like, sorry, like those, you can go with your dad to a park and there's going to be a mound yeah, or a basketball court. It's like, you're not going to go to the park. There's not always the cross nets. Right. Yeah. That's even that is just a different, right. Basically the only like universal thing for lacrosse is like a wall. You find a wall and you can play wall ball, but even then, like you still need, like, I feel like with every other thing you could just you could go and play with one thing i mean like tennis right. obviously you need a racket and a ball but there's always going to be a tennis court like when you go to yeah. a basketball court you just need a ball and sometimes they even have balls like when you throw around a football you just need a ball like it's not i definitely think that you need a little bit more to be able to play lacrosse yeah i agree i agree and so in any way that we can make it more accessible and popular popularize the sport so that you know more people want to play and maybe one day eventually there will always be lacrosse nets in parks for kids so yeah i think this is a great program and i'm really excited to see where it goes and would really love to go and watch like a the street lacrosse that would be really cool so i hope they do more of this kind of stuff in the future that would be really cool i think to get back we should look into that it's a it's a it's not that far for me and it's really not that far for you. So if it's a really not, that's a, yeah, absolutely. But we thank you all for welcoming, welcoming us back with open arms and we hope you enjoyed this return episode and we really appreciate your continued support throughout all of this. And yeah, we're back and we're happy to be here. Yes, absolutely. Um, as always, if you don't remember, you can follow us on Instagram, Chicks with Sticks. Um, you can email us, Chicks with Sticks Podcast at gmail.com. Um, I guess probably that's it. I don't know. I don't remember the the scripted line, but um, <laughs> new traditions. Yeah, you can always DM us with topic suggestions or things that you want us to cover or your opinions or how you think our opinions are wrong. We would love to hear that. Um, But as always, we will catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.